9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. Broncos lose another one-score game. They, they fight back. They're down 27 to nothing. But they're able to... To get it to a one-score game, Russell Wilson leaves with the concussion. Brett Rippon comes in to, to throw the touchdown pass to get them within a, a score in that football game. But unfortunately, Denver can't get the win 34-28. They've now lost 14 straight to Kansas City. So, got some thoughts on the game from yesterday. Um, Russell Wilson taking that big hit. Didn't get an awkward play with Frank Clark from Juan Thornhill where Russ hits his head on the turf, leaves the concussion. Should the Broncos shut Wilson down for the rest of the season? Four games left. Had the hamstring injury in the in recent weeks. We're still playing with that injured kind of lat area on his shoulder that he's been able to play through this season. But with all those injuries, and with just four games left, and you're not going to go to the playoffs, done. Does it make sense to play a battered Russell Wilson? When now your hopes are on 2023. So text or call us 970-242-1340. I think you and I both kind of got, if they they decide to do that, they decide to shut him down the rest of the way, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, me either. And so I just think that it, you know at this point in time, what what do you what do you gain from having him out? Yeah, right. If you were if you were going to get Tim Patrick back, and you're going to get Garrett Bowles back, you're going to get pieces back, or you could maybe de- develop some continuity heading into the offseason. Then okay, may- maybe it makes some sense to do that, to have some things to build on. For 2023, but that's not happening though. Tim Patrick's done for the season. Garrett Bowles is done for the season. It's unfortunate that Russ was playing his probably his best game, certainly since the Seattle game, and he has to leave with the injury. Got some thoughts on that today? Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. I mean, like you said, there's. Wilson, Jerry, Judy, Quinn Miners. The only guys that started in Seattle started yesterday. It's what, like their ninth different offensive line combination this season. In 13 games. That's not good. That's not good at all. It showed yesterday. Had a bunch of dudes out there. There's a reason why they weren't starting even for the Broncos. I mean, Russell was running for his life. He had a couple of nice runs and couple of them also were out of necessity or else he was going to get clobbered in the pocket. If you're going to get hurt, at least get hurt, you know, moving downfield instead of squished in the pocket. All right, so the Broncos lose yesterday. The defense picked off Patrick Mahomes three times, and Josie Jewell had two of those picks. A couple of that, that one play might have been the first pick where Kelsey's open across the middle, and Josie Jules just makes one hell of an athletic play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
Pat Sertan, the PS2 one, wasn't bad either. No, that's pretty good. Gets his hand under the ball, and it kind of yeah. bounces off his hand. He's able to come up with the interception. But Josie Jewell, first time he's had a two-interception game in his career. He spoke with Susie Orgin after the Broncos lost to the Chiefs. Josie Jewell, you had the two interceptions, uh, first career interceptions. Um, that first one led to Judy's touchdown that really started a spark that we haven't seen really all year. And then 21 unanswered points. I know you didn't come out with the victory, but again, showing that this team just never quits. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're that's what we're taught to do. That's what we're going to do. These guys got a lot of drive. and. You know, at the end of the day, you just make uh, make a couple less mistakes, and uh, I think we come out on top on that one. Nobody gave you a chance coming into this game because it's the Chiefs, and it's been 13 in a row, et cetera, et cetera. What what is said to this team? What happened at halftime? How did the spark keep going in that second half? Well, we saw what could happen with our offense, so I think uh, they realized, you know, they got players and they can make plays, and uh, you know, I credit them. They did a great job, and us, our defense needs to come up with a couple more stops. So, Josie, what does this game do now for the last four that are remaining? I know we can beat anybody we play here, so. That's what we got to be playing like, and that's what we got to be practicing like. So we're going to finish the year strong. All right, congrats on the picks, Josie. Thank you. It was right. nice of him to take Suji down into the end zone for a team photo after the interview, too. It was really nice. <laughs> Shut up. What a swell guy. Shut up. All right, so playoff picture looks like this. We know there are three teams that are out. The Denver Broncos are one of them. Cleveland Browns? No. <gasps> what is this world I live in? Houston Chicago, Denver, now out of the playoff picture. Usually I have to stop grinding about Christmas for my Browns. So the only team that has clinched a playoff spot is the 12-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. They have clinched their, their spot into the postseason. So in the hunt in the NFC, the Vikings at 10-3, and they lead the NFC North. The 49ers are first in the NFC West at 9-4. and four. Keep your eye on the San Francisco 49ers. They are going to create problems for the Eagles and others in the NFC playoffs. They have a two-game lead in their division with a third-string quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. John Lynch is pretty decent at his job. So Not bad. Kyle Shanahan. No, yeah, they're pretty good. Could have had Kyle Shanahan. And probably John Lynch. And probably too. John Lynch, too. Uh, Bucks after just getting crushed yesterday by San Francisco. Uh, Tampa Bay, though, they still lead the, the NFC crappy. South. Yeah, th- thank you, crappy, awful division. They're 6-7. and seven. They're six games back of Philadelphia, and both will host yeah. the playoff game. And, and if New, it ends right now. Yeah, and in New Orleans, they're, they're, they're just two games back in that division. At 4-9. and nine. They're a game better than the Broncos and two games out of first And they're place. in playoff contention. Yeah. Cowboys, they're second in the NFC East. They're they're ten and three. Because Philadelphia's they've pretty much they've wrapped up the the NFC East. They're gonna win thirteen games, the Cowboys, and be a wild card. Yeah. Team, and how, play on the road. How weird is that? Washington, seven five and one. They're in playoff contention. They're in the NFC East. And you got the Giants. They're seven five and one, and yeah. you could see the entire NFC East making the playoffs right now. Definitely could. It's so possible. So your teams that are on the bubble. So you're saying there's a chance. They're lurking. Seattle at seven and six. Keep your eye on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, those pesky, scrappy six Lions. Six and seven right now. I mean, you just I just had a feeling about them throughout the course of the season. Yeah, that. 
they were offensively they were going to be in football games the way Jared Goff's been playing. Here's their last four, and the, their the running back tandem is mm-hmm. sensational. They could be at the Joe Flacco led Jets because Mike White's still in the hospital this morning, right? And Zach Wilson's kind of lost the team uh, at Carolina, which I don't know NFC South contender. Then home to the Bears, then at Green Bay to end the season. They might get two of those. They, I don't know if it's going to be enough, though. Yeah, it, it, they could They could come up short. But they're building, but for sure. They, they definitely are a team that is on the rise. Oh, absolutely. And you got the Packers, who are 5-8. and eight. They're, in the, they're on the bubble. Carolina's 5-8 and eight on the bubble. Atlanta's 5-8 and eight and on the bubble. Arizona could play themselves out of it with a loss to New England tonight. That's entirely possible. But they're four and eight. Saints are four and nine. Rams are four and nine. So your only NFC team that's out of it is the Chicago Bears. So we flip over Duh, to the Bears. Duh, Bears. Bills lead the AFC East with a ten and three record. Nobody has clinched a playoff spot yet nope. in the AFC. Chiefs lead the West at ten and three. Ravens right now lead the AFC North at nine and four. The Bengals are also nine and four. But the Ravens have the division lead. Return Ten- match coming though, I yep. think. Tennessee is seven and six. They're first in the AFC South. Yet mm-hmm. the two South South divisions are horror are awful. Terrible. <laughs> they suck. So Bengals are nine and four. Dolphins are now eight and five. Chargers are seven and six. So that would be your play those would be your playoff teams right now if the playoffs started today in How the you AFC. Like Chargers Chiefs to open the AFC oh, playoffs. That'd be great. Got the Jets that are there at seven and six. Pats are six and six, could get to seven and six tonight if they can beat Arizona. Jags are hanging around. It's yeah. good win good win at Tennessee yesterday. They're five and eight, probably don't get in, but kind of like the Lions. Two, building. two beleaguered franchises that look like they have promising days yeah. ahead of them. Former journeyman backup, you know, guys, Dan Campbell and Doug Peterson. Got building the team. building yeah. teams. The Raiders are five and eight. Somehow. Your Browns are five and eight. Yeah. Steelers are five and eight. Colts four, eight, and one. Still in playoff contention. Thanks to their division leader being only three games, they're just two and a half absolutely games up. horrible. At least they're above five hundred. The Titans, yeah, the Bucks aren't. But that, but that's a bad. But that's a bad. Those are two bad divisions right now. Though I'd say at least the AFC, South has some AFC, competitive nature to them. AFC South, that yeah. clearly your better division of the two right now. Oh, absolutely. Of the two Souths, even with the Texans. All right, uh, some other. Things to get to. Tom Brady with a potential hand injury after a oh, loss to yeah. San Francisco. He is saying it's all right, it's fine, it's no problem. Trying to brush it off. Facial expression said otherwise. I saw that this that bleepity bleep bleep bleep. It had yeah that look on his face. He caught somebody's helmet flush, like right on the thumb. He hit it just as good as I hit my face with the microphone right there. With the thumb and the wrist, just bent it all sorts of cockeyed. Yeah. Said one of those mommy-daddy words. 
when I saw it, I can't imagine having actually Sugar. felt it. Yeah. Like mother father. Ooh, <laughs> brother. And then uh, Debo Samuel, he, he left the game against the Bucks with a high ankle sprain. Kyle Shanahan confirming that he'll undergo an MRI today. That looked really bad initially, yeah. though. Man, it looked bad. But those are tough. Boy, those are tough to, to overcome quickly. Like if I'm Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, at all, I wouldn't even bother until the playoffs. Yeah. Like, nope, you're good. Just get healthy. Because he comes back a skosh too soon and re-hurts it, re-injures it, then he's done for the playoffs. I'd just like, nope, you take a breather. We'll see you in January. Yeah, get ready for the playoffs, get yourself mm-hmm. healthy. And I, I just think right now when you look at the, the, the teams to watch as we head toward the playoffs, NFC, it's clearly San Francisco. Yeah. With, with the way their defense is playing, the addition of Christian McCaffrey just makes them even more dangerous. Now with Debo Samuel with, with, with this ankle injury, it limits another their other Swiss Army knife tool, the toy that, that Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan has to play with. But they're, they're getting really solid play from Brock Purdy. And you just look at that Niners team, and they're just they're just trending in the right direction right now yeah. on both sides of the football. They have a really, really healthy CMC right now. You know, really haven't heard a ton. George Kittle stayed George, healthy. George Kittle, haven't heard a lot from him this year since he's come back. This is kind of where Kyle Shanahan can just kind of dig deeper into the toy box, right? Well, and, and Kittle, maybe from a receiving standpoint, hasn't put up Travis Kelsey-like numbers, but, man, he's such a big factor in their, their blocking in the run mm-hmm. game. Just him being healthy in general has been has been huge for this Dude, football team. Dude's good for, you know, four for 50, essentially, four for 45 every game. Occasional and touchdown. Occasional touchdown, but you never know when he can go off and have that. He's the safety valve every play. He's going to have 15 targets, 12 catches, 140-some yards, two or three touchdowns. That game's coming. It just feels like that right. game's coming. I just think they're a team you've got to watch in the playoffs right now. 100%. As, as good as Philadelphia is, San Francisco has a defense that can that, that can match up with what, what Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts and that offense can do. Yeah. I, I, I just... I just think that if you're if you're looking at teams right now to kind of a dark horse in each conference, San Francisco clearly to me is your is your dark horse in in that conference. And here's the Niners' last four: at Seattle, home to the Commanders; at the Raiders, home to the Cardinals. They waxed the Cardinals thirty-eight ten in Arizona a month ago think they've beaten the Seahawks. Yeah, they beat the Seahawks already at home. Commanders, they could be fighting for their playoff lives. Raiders circling the drain right now. The Niners could finish this thing 13-4. and four. They could. It's entirely yeah. possible. And then in the AFC, it, it seems weird to say that your Super Bowl runner-up mm-hmm. is your kind of dark horse. But I think you got to say that about Cincinnati right now. Yeah, they've won five in a row, and defense is playing better. Pretty solid. Yeah, that offensive line has started to kind of 
play a lot better together. The numbers haven't really been eye-popping. They had 363 against a bad Browns defense on Sunday. They went out there. They scored a couple touchdowns. They got a turnover. They limited a really good rushing team to just 71 yards defensively. They, they only gave up 10 to Cleveland. They, they gave up 24 in that one over Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They've given up 400 yards of offense once this year, that defense. That was to the Browns the first time around. I mean, they, they had to go to Tennessee, and they get which is always a tough place to go to and, and get a win, and, and mm-hmm. they, they did 20-16. to 16. And I, mean, so, get, I mean, their defense, the line's playing really well, the offensive line, but the defense has really started to, to come around right now for, for Sean Taylor. And they're going to get sharpened up one way or, or Zach, another. Zach Taylor, excuse me, Sean Taylor, Zach Taylor. <laughs> It sounded right to me. There's so many names. Uh, They're going to get sharpened up in January, hosting Buffalo Monday night, hosting Baltimore Sunday for a potential home game in the division title in that game, January 2nd and 8th, heading into the playoffs. So they're either going to be into the playoffs, playing on the road as a dangerous, capable, quality wildcard team, or they're going to be on a roll, Buffalo Baltimore. Before that, they have Tampa and New England on the road. So they've won five in a row. They could be heading into that Buffalo game with a seven-game winning streak, a playoff spot locked up, just trying to win the division. And look, you're, yeah. if you're if you're Cincinnati, you know how to play in bad weather. Mm-hmm. Even though they're a team that likes to throw the football a lot, and you know typically that's always been the thing. Well, it's it's tough to win throwing the football in bad weather. They can do it. Joe Burrow can, yeah. Joe Joe Mixon gives them the, the you know the the component on the ground that they need to be successful in, in that area. Not just Joe Mixon, too. Samaj P. Ryan's had P. Ryan's a really well. good season. Yep. And then, of course, you, you've got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you've got you know a couple of the, the league's better receivers, particularly Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. and their defense just get, gets better and better as the season goes on. Yeah. And I, and I just think they know how to play in bad weather, and if, if you're, you know, it could come down to, you know, Bengals, Bills, in a bad weather game, mm-hmm. and that and that's that that serves them well that they know how to play in those kind of conditions. But if you could get your wide receiving core healthy, if you're the Bengals, keep your backs healthy. Hayden Hurst has quietly had a pretty decent. He has only 400 yards, but he always seems to have a, a good catch and a good moment for them. Higgins, Chase, Boyd, then Mixon and P. Ryan out of the backfield. They're dangerous. I'm I'm totally with you. I know I it seems weird. It's like, oh, you know, hey, I know defending AFC hate. champion, they're dangerous. Of course they are, you They also lost geniuses. their first, first two games to start the season, yeah. but they're a team that a lot of people started to to discount, and here they are with nine wins right now. Mm-hmm. And people people love to hate on Joe Burrow. I get he's cocky, he's brash. Yeah, he's not for everybody. Macaulay Culkin. But guy knows how to win. Adult Kevin McAllister. Can win. He just knows how to win. Yeah, and and they as a football team by getting to the Super Bowl last year, they know how to win. That's why their zero and two start was kind of like, oh, here we go. Uh, here the Bing- yeah. the Bengals have returned, but we can't say that anymore about the Cincinnati organization. They were tossing handfuls of dirt on the coffin like halfway through September. You're right. It's like, oh, Bengals are done. Like, it's not even October yet. How can anybody be done unless you're like the Texans? Or the Bears. <laughs> How can anybody be done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Also, look out for the Chargers, too. 
Yeah. They, they beat a pretty good team in Miami last night. I don't know what their what their recipe is for the playoffs, but you never know. With Justin Herbert, you never really know. And one other thing I want to mention before we get some text. Uh, so you're going to have Miami-Buffalo coming up on Saturday. There's uh, the weather forecast calls for four to seven inches of snow. And lake effect all? snows for Orchard Park coming up on Saturday. Oh, is that all? So uh, for the Dolphins who have played two straight December games mm-hmm. in California, they get to go to yeah. a place that uh, well, was inside. Yeah, SoFi last night where the weather is going to be absolutely dreadful. You know what that is, though? Remember that September, early October game where it was like 98 degrees on the Bills' sideline in Miami and Buffalo was just gassed and they lost 14-12? to 12? That's payback. Yeah. Here Payback's a you-know-what. Guess what, Miami? Yeah. We sweated our butts off at your place. Get ready to freeze yours off here. It was snowing against the Jets, and we, we played and won that game, and you're gonna. They're gonna start measuring the snow in feet. Have fun. Let's see. We got uh, Paul today with a good, the bad, the ugly. Good morning, Paul. Let's see what Paul has for us. Uh the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh let's see. The Broncos, Broncos season and the overmatched ha- and Hackett almost over. Bad calling it a moral victory again and again. Give give me a break. They were down by three touchdowns. But they did lose by one score. So, yes, they were down by three touchdowns. They also could have given up, Paul. And they did not. Ugly. Russ's $250 million handcuffs on the Broncos, kissing this year's top five draft choice away. Could be something that comes back to haunt them. I, I don't disagree with that. And then, Paul, really, Josie, what teams have you beat there? What a joke. I think he was talking about the, the last four games of the season. They feel like mm-hmm. they, they feel like they can beat anybody. I can feel like something, but maybe not actually do it, Paul. We'll put it that way. They feel like they can. Name me another quarterback under 25 you'd rather have than Burrow. Try none. Well, and this is where math gets gets people sometimes. Joe Burrow's actually 26, so he's not even under 25. So there's that. Look right now. Brock Purdy, maybe. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, he's under 25. Actually under 25. Justin Fields? He might be under 25. Yeah, he's 23. Look right now. If you could have Joe Burrow, as opposed to who you have. Like, it doesn't even have to be under 20, whatever. Yeah, I'm just just saying, if you you have the choice of, and I know know how you're going to answer this, and I mean, you're not a huge Joe Burrow fan, mm-hmm. but if you could have Joe Burrow as opposed to who you have right now, sold. Same here. And, and look, and I like Russell Wilson. I think he's a good guy. I think he gets sometimes some unfair criticism. Some of it deserves is justly deserved in certain mm-hmm. areas. I'd take Joe Burrow in a heartbeat. But I'd, he, Russell Wilson, is also eight years older than Joe Burrow. But I would take know. Burrow over. And that's one of the think, reasons why I, I think, think I think I would I wouldn't take him over Mahomes, but it'd be a bit of a push. It'd be they get it done in different ways. He may not be the first name off the board, but he's higher than fifth. 
He'd definitely be higher than fifth. Him, Mahomes, would you take Allen. Him, would you take Rodgers over him right now? I wouldn't. I, right to second? No. No, right in terms of age and who else? Rodgers hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 13 maybe, years. Maybe Justin Herbert because maybe. of his athleticism. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts. I need to see more. I need another year, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, all those guys are, are – it wouldn't be like, oh, it's so stupid to take mm-hmm. Burrow over Josh Allen. It wouldn't be stupid. No. They're they're both really good. They get it done different ways. I, I just think Joe Burrow is that good. He's, he's good, proven yeah. to be that good. He, he's done something Josh Allen hasn't done. Take his team to a Super Bowl. Beat Kansas City in the playoffs. Beat Kansas City now three straight times. I, I'm just saying, people like to crap on him. They they hate Burrow because they because of of the way he is. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of arrogance about him that people don't like. I don't give a rip about that. He delivers. He has been the savior of the Cincinnati Bengals. He got them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, He's and year get one back in the playoffs this year. Yeah, in year one when you watched him play, you're going that guy, that guy's the answer for them. Yeah. Even before the knee injury, you're going, and that was a bad football team. You watched him play like that. That, that guy's making all the right reads. Mm-hmm. That that guy gets rid of the ball quick, and that's behind a bad offensive line. That they have something with Joe Burrow. <laughs> Terrible offensive line, and not a great defense either that year. Yeah, I, I just think Joe Burrow. When, when you know Mahomes would be number one, mm-hmm. but you could make a case for Burrow maybe being the second best quarterback in the league oh yeah you can make a case that's not something to be dismissed out of hand absolutely he's not going to be the the best quarterback under 25 because he hasn't been he's under 25 in a year because he's not 20 and yeah he's not under 25 anymore he actually played in the super bowl at 25 got one from Dylan. good the abs Bad, ugly. The Broncos losing another game. Still trying to figure out what the scuffle after the game was. Fun sports weekend. Was which game? Was, I think there was a scuffle? was there a little little scuffle at the end of the Broncos game yesterday? I think I remember. I don't know. I, I'm not. I, th- I think it was a very brief little little dust up. Yeah, we were on to a okay. loaded baked potato soup at that point for yeah. the evening, and I was we were done with the football. Yeah, Hackett and Andy Reid went to midfield, but there was a fight that broke out during it. Uh, CBS didn't really give you a good view of what was going on, but it was Chiefs tied in Jody Fortson. Okay, I me- okay, I remember this now, and and Jonathan Cooper had to be separated. There, there. So it was very, very because I, yeah. Okay, now I remember that happening. It was very, very brief, and and they got into it, and they were Jonathan Cooper and who? I've already forgotten his name. Fortson. He's tied in for Kansas. I City. have no idea who that is. I, I mean, it's good. To, at least he showed some fight. That's I true. Guess, since he didn't play a ton. Okay, we we have to take a break here, but we have to get to our buddy Cakes text. Okay. Morning, gents. Cake here checking in from the Shea COVID recovery. Good. PS2 getting his first interception of 2022 against Mahomes. Bad getting COVID. 
Speedy recovery, buddy. Ugly, Wilson's concussion at this point for his health and safety had shut him down for the year. Also, Jim was the only one to pick the Chargers, which gave me a 6-0 weekend. I think you've closed the gap on old number one over here. I'm not entirely certain. You were up by two? I think so. Yeah. I went four and two. Dang it. I won't I won't play. I won't play the normal sounder for I will have to wait till Friday. Tempted. I want to. Yeah. I want to play Conan. I do. But I will not today. You got we didn't pick the Monday night game, did we? So you're you're set at six and zero oh for yeah, the week. We, we didn't pick the yeah, Monday you can night. play it. I don't care. No, no. We play it on Friday. That's when we do it. Okay. I gotta do it today. All right. Nine twenty nine. How about that? We will take a break. We'll come back and you'll love this day in sports history. More of your text today on the Broncos. Lost to Kansas City, 970-242-1340. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 932. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. So you got one from... um, I don't think I read RJ's text, have I? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think, I don't think so. so. RJ in Delta, one hundred two point one FM. Good morning, RJ. Guys, I'm not sure what's worse: the egg on Russ's forehead or the egg the Giants left against the Eagles. Game was so bad. Fox pulled it late in the third quarter. Yikes! I still believe in Dybul. Just need a few more years of good draft picks. Yeah, that look, was, your your team's heading in the right direction, though. RJ, that was a big wolf. Yeah, it was laid by the Giants. For yeah, sure. it was that was. But then again, it's not like. Not like they got wrecked by, say, the Saints or something. You know, a bad football team. The Eagles are the best team in football record-wise right now. So, I mean, it's not nothing. Yeah, you shouldn't be ashamed. I mean, that that's you got pummeled by. They're they're twelve and one now. So, yeah, it's not like you almost lost to the yeah. Texans or something like that. You did Cowboys. take the business end of a butt kicking stick, but it's the best team in the league. So, so there you go. All right. Apparently the relationship between Rick George and Deion Sanders, that these two hit it off immediately. And that relationship is... They're bros. They're bros. Is the reason why this thing all came together with Deion coming to Boulder to coach the Buffaloes. That Rick George telling the Denver Post, you know, that I think more than anything... For one, the opportunity was great because you're going to take a team that went 1-11 and has not performed up to, up to its abilities, and he likes that challenge. That's kind of how I am. I've had challenges every place I've gone, and we've and we shared that. And so George talked about how it came together. Deion Sanders coming to Colorado. He said it was just a multitude of things, but I think the most important thing is that we had trust, that we could speak freely and talk freely about the opportunity, about each other's lives, and we just kind of hit it off. We referenced Jeremy Bloom. You did. Mm-hmm. Not Jeremy Bloom's yeah. role, former buff and, and broad, current broadcaster, about you know reaching out to Rick George saying, look, Deion Sanders, that, that's the direction to go for the next coach of this football program. And and it wasn't just Jeremy Bloom though that, that was making the case that, that you know that they were helping to make CU's case. Also in that group was Cordell Stewart as well. That when 
Jeremy Bloom, you know, volunteered to help uh, Grant see an audience with Coach Prime, mm-hmm. so he could recruit talent to Boulder. And over Grant the years, him an audience like he's the Pope. Yeah, he's like, he's he's Pope Prime. And so Jeremy Bloom has been a broadcaster, but he's also an entrepreneur who sold his uh, Integrate company to a private equity firm last year. Has built a handful of relationships, uh, you know, of people over the years who knew Sanders. And so he asked four friends in early October to make direct pitches to Sanders on the Buffs' behalf. Former NFL linebacker and businessman Sean Merriman. Remember Lights Out, Sean Merriman? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ex-NFL wideout, former Utah star Steve Smith. Steve Smith Sr. Ex-Florida State defensive back, Rhodes Scholar and neurosurgeon Myron Roll. And former Broncos wideout Brandon Marshall. And it wasn't the only, according to Merriman, it wasn't the only offer that Sanders had. I think the fact that we reached out to him legitimized it. And so, while the relationship with with Rick George played a role, and, and those two hitting it off, and, and and Sanders deciding on it, a lot of other people came into to play, as I just referenced. And another mutual friend is a guy I just mentioned, Cordell Stewart, who reached out to Deion Sanders. And so it took a village to get Coach Prime to come to Boulder. It took a lot of people making the case for Colorado to get Deion Sanders to make that decision. And and now we'll find out if yeah. this, this was the right decision for works. Colorado, if it's going to work or not. I still, I still feel like if you're Colorado, you had to go big or go home. And if this blows up, it blows up. But I still feel like it was the right call to make because you had to do something that's already, it's already moved the needle in a big way that Colorado Buffs football has not seen in decades or maybe ever mm-hmm. in terms of national attention. No, no one eleven football team has ever received this much attention until Deion Sanders decided to go to Colorado. Now, something else that that had to be worked on that was going to be a a part of this was the whole portal problem. And that's where CU Chancellor Phil Stefano. he was the one that helped put together the way that they were going to, I don't know, circumvent, maybe not the right word, though it probably is, that they were going to find a way to retool how they address the transfer portal, right? Yeah. In terms of the university's policy on academic credits for transfer. And the fact that not all credits from all institutions or majors could come over with them when a student enrolled, whether a potential student or student athlete enrolled at CU. That was part of the problem. That was part of the hang-up. Mm-hmm. And while NCAA had mandated transfers sitting out a year, CU credits policy was a procedural but largely moot point. New, this is from the Post, by the way. The new buffs could make up the academic work during their gap year to ensure future eligibility. But that that 19 months that you know put the power and control into the hands of students themselves caught the buffs kind of off guard. Suddenly, Division One to Division One transfers could play right away. wasn't a problem before, but now you don't have to sit out a year. You can play right away. And Colorado didn't know how to address that. All of a sudden, now they were 
at a disadvantage when it came to what the, the new world is in college college sports. And so while other universities made the adjustment, CU didn't do that. They stayed by their old policy. I'm sure that was helpful on the football field. Well, 1-11. 1-11. So that is now being rectified. So that's no longer a problem for guys to transfer in. Which, my thought is this. Why didn't you start doing this when Carl Durrell was there? Not saying that it would have saved Carl Durrell's job. Not saying that at all. But why didn't you start looking at this when everybody else was making this adjustment? When everybody else had come to the realization that players transfer and can play the next year. But they sat back and said, well... You know, we have academic standards here. We really can't we really can't make that change until they get Deion Sanders and they're making a huge financial investment and they go, holy crap, we can't have this guy at a disadvantage to everybody else. We gotta fix this problem. As well, he should expect them to fix that problem coming in as the, the next coach of the Buffaloes. Yeah, I would just love to be a part of that conversation. Be like, hey, uh, so this is what's coming down the pike for college football when it comes to transfers. Do you think we should maybe look at Look at our own way of handling this. No, nah, nah, we're fine. fine. Hey, we hired Deion Sanders, and he loves the transfer portal. Oh, we should probably, <laughs> probably uh, make this. some changes. We probably need to fix this, don't yeah. we? This is not. This is not good. All right, nine forty-one. But it, you know, certainly, like I said, it wasn't just Rick George doing a great sell job on Colorado. A lot of people and and Buffs alums who had influence on Deion Sanders or people that knew Deion Sanders played a a huge role in him making that decision. All right, 941, and it's time for the Stay in Sports History. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we go back to 1937. Slingin' Sammy Baugh leads Washington over Chicago for the NFL championship Baugh threw a second-half touchdown passes of 55, 78, and 33 yards to overcome a 14-7 Chicago lead to give Washington a 28-21 win over the Bears for the NFL championship. 1965, it's, been, it's very Bear-centric today. Gail Sayers sets an NFL record of his 21st touchdown of the season. He has six touchdowns with a combined 336 uh, combined yards to lead the Bears to a 61-20 route of San Francisco. His six touchdowns give Sayers an NFL record 21 for the season, first on a reception, then the next four rushing, and then finally an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown. 1982, the infamous New England-Miami snowplow game. New England beats Miami 3-0. There was heavy rains the night before. Soaks the AstroTurf at uh, Schaefer Stadium in Foxborough. And then a snowstorm hits during the game. And an emergency ground rule allows the ground crew to use a snowplow to clear the yard markers. So with 4.45 left to go in the game, Patriots coach Ron Meyer motions to the snowplow operator Mark Henderson, who I believe was on parole or some like work work release program. Not that that really matters, but he asked him to go clear a spot on the field specifically for place kicker John Smith. So instead of going straight across the yard marker like they were supposed to, right. he just makes veers uh, just a little bit yeah. to the left, right in front of the goalpost, giving Smith a clean spot from which to kick. 
hits the 33-yarder to win the football game. That's so great. That is great. Also, 1992, Miami's Gino Toretta wins the Heisman Trophy. Do you remember who finished second that year? 92? 92. No, I don't. Marshall Falk. Oh. There you go. Toretta led the Hurricanes to a a 26-1 record. Also, the state 2010, the day the Minneapolis Metrodome, uh, the stadium collapsed because of the heavy snow. All right. 943. We will take a break. We'll come back. Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Texter call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. The good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list? 970-242-1340. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Paul remembers the snowplow game. I mean, just remember that guy just drives out there and it's just like, yeah, makes a little uh, kind of U-shaped thing where the kicker, John Smith's going to kick. And uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see. The good, Miko's hat trick to beat the Blues in overtime. Anytime you beat the Blues, Bennington. And the Stars or Red Wings, it's a good day. I totally agree with that. Good text. Yep. Uh, let's see. And Butchie's got one from Mike Leach, which we're going to save that because that's going to be uh, coming up right now in Garbage Time. We're taking out the trash. It's Garbage Time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right. Uh, Mike Leach in the hospital, Mississippi uh, State football coach. Um on Sunday was uh, taken to the hospital. He has a personal health issue or had a personal health issue at his home Sunday was taken by ambulance to the university of Mississippi medical center in Jackson. And that, um, Mississippi state reporter, Steve Robertson said the situation with Leach is very, very serious. And he's got a long road ahead of him in terms of recovery. And apparently Mike Leach has dealt with some health issues this season, uh, pneumonia, uh, when he had the flu, had an awful cough uh, during a press conference in early November, and the cough never really went away. And so Mike Leach, who not sure what this looks like in terms of, of him coaching in Mississippi State in 2023, but mm-hmm. certainly right now uh, Mike Leach, his health uh, uh, creating some concern about not just whether he's going to coach or not, but just about his, his quality of life going forward. But Butchie... Uh, prayers to Mike Leach and his family. ESPN just reported he is in critical condition at this time. Yeah, I saw that deep into the evening last night. That's just kind of unfortunate that that he's you know fighting for life he's, right he, now. Really, yeah, he's it's not, not a, like like Mike Leach is not everybody's cup of tea. There's things about Mike Leach that you and I don't always agree upon. Mm-hmm. He can also be really really funny. He can be super entertaining. And we hope that uh, the Mike Leach is going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, friend of the program, reached the big time. Someone started a Mark Johnson impersonation account on Twitter. Really? Yep. He's reached the big time, Mark Johnson. He had to tell people that somebody's impersonating him, same profile picture and all, and to go report 
And so hopefully everybody did their part and reported the Mark Johnson impersonation account. But he's reached but, the big but, time. But nobody can impersonate Mark Johnson, no, though. Only only the big time get impersonated on Twitter. Colorado Buffaloes yep. touchdown. The rest of us jabronis <laughs> just get hacked. We don't get impersonated. We no. just get hacked. So. Well, we'll definitely be asking Mark about that on Thursday. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that. All right. I, I don't like to ever criticize officials wherever uh-huh. they are. Uh-huh. Because we need more people to officiate, but there's an officiating crew in Georgia that deserves some grief because they were officiating the 3A Georgia State High School Football Championship game, Sandy Creek and Cedar Grove. Sandy Creek was down 17-14, to but they had the ball at the goal line with less than a minute to go. Quarterback took off at a design quarterback run on third and goal and got stopped. Got stopped around the two. Mm -hmm. They called it a touchdown. He wasn't even close. But they ruled it a touchdown. It's like the New Jersey one where they moved the ball a foot and a half forward to give the team a first down. They ultimately ended up losing that team, but... And this one, you, I'm sure, won, huh? And if you and if you think, you know, okay, maybe just you know, bad angle on the, the initial shot, you know, the video, sideline shot, shot from behind, he he got stopped. Actually, it's closer to the one, but he was a good yard, yeah, from making the end zone in this play. Somebody had the team in green and the points. It sounds like. So I, I, I feel bad. For the team that ended up losing the state title, because mm-hmm. this, I mean, Sandy Creek wins it. Yeah, Cedar Grove, they, they couldn't believe because they they stopped him. He stopped at the one. You sure? But they touchdown. Yep. This comes uh, outside of the world of sports, but from music, it's always weird and awkward when you change representation, right? Like manager, agent, lawyer, whatever. Well, Journey has a new manager. They've hired uh, former Def Leppard manager Mike Kobayashi. Not the uh, hot dog eater, no, but different Kobayashi. the The awkward aspect of it was Journey's previous manager, the band itself. <laughs> so they fired themselves. Yes. So Jonathan Kane and Neil Schoen are not really getting along right at this moment, and they fired themselves <laughs> and hired Def Leppard's manager Mike Kobayashi. All right. That's interesting. I know, uh, I've got one from the world of, of sport, world of music too. Uh, Weezer, which not everybody likes Weezer. I I happen to like Weezer. That uh, they've been doing these seasons EPs mm-hmm. where whatever season it is, they have songs that somehow kind of tie into the season. Of course, we have winter coming up on the twenty first, so they have a winter season winter seasons coming out. Which I'm not sure why this song necessarily. Running back to talk about. We got a bunch oh. more. Oops, sorry, I was going to play this, and I've got... Not sure what that is. Uh, it's not something that I wanted to be playing. Uh-oh. i got to see if I can find it, because I, I wanted to play the song. Does it have, like, sleigh bells or chimes or something no, in it? No, oh, not okay. at all. Not at all. Um, gosh, gosh, I'm trying to find where where this is coming from. Yeah, Weezer's really, really just kind of okay in my book. They have some good songs I that said, I really like. They have said, some stuff that I'm like, yeah, pass. I know. It's not... It's like not Hash for, Pipe, Sweater Song, their cover of Sandman. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff, right? Yeah. But they have a song out. And look, this speaks to me because I love dogs. 
I thought it was the USFL song there for a second. No. It's I Want a Dog, which I'm not sure why it's winter seasonal, but here's Weezer. A dog to curl up beside me. I want a dog because he would keep me company. I want a dog because he would look out for me. Cheer me up. When I don't think I'll make it, I want a dog. I mean, come on. Uh, no, no that does not. Does that not warm the cockles of your heart? I want a dog. Song also about how we get isolated from people. We have online relationships, but not real life relationships. Yeah. It's going to want a dog until it poops on the rug and you step on it at four in the morning. <laughs> I got to admit, there are times with Guinness that I did not want a dog. Now, now I do, but there are times it's really why, why we, we had to have a puppy. Why mm-hmm. do I, why? Right. And I agreed to it too. It wasn't like Kenda, you know, made this happen over my objections. It's like, yes, I, I want to, yeah. but I, I look, I love dogs and I think it's a sweet song about wanting a dog. Did you see CJ Mosley in criticize the me all you want? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. Do you see CJ Mosley in the Jets Bills game? The tight end comes under center for the trick play on fourth and one. He just yes. goes right over just the line. Jump right over it. Just clotheslines him, and then Isaiah McKenzie is down there dancing. And and Mosley's laughing because like, oh, you go, like, you guys, oh, got, you guys me. got me. Yeah, Dawson Knox goes under center, and it's like, oh, you guys got me. All right, that's our show. Don't forget tonight, Arizona, New England, Monday Night Football at five thirty on the team.